Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I am here with Little Genius, and uh, we are in uh, Game One of the Sauce Castillo era. And uh... yeah, it was <laughs> he looked like he wasn't really. I mean, I know you said he was he'd stayed in Cleveland, but man, he didn't look like he knew where he was for most of the night. But yeah, he was he was pressing a little bit. Yeah, he actually hustled and played some decent defense, though. Absolutely, um, but yeah, one what, one of eight from yeah, sh- one of nine shooting, one of seven from downtown. So yeah, a strange game. Um, I mean, obviously a tank battle between the two of the worst teams in the league, and now the Cavs take a two game or I guess a game and a half lead on the on the Knicks now. But uh, right, <laughs> the, that EG's dogs are big Knicks fans, so they're yeah. They're like how upset. dare how dare you? Uh, no, they're just rooting for Zion. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, realistically, as long as you're in the, it doesn't oh, yeah. really matter if you're the worst team or the fourth the what, third yeah. or fourth worst team. Yeah. Like, it, isn't it kind of like, isn't it like fourteen yeah, percent across the board on the, the bottom? The only four? difference, so the top four picks, it's the same odds, but if you're the Fourth worst. If you're the worst team, you can finish no worse than fifth. If you're the second worst, you can finish no worse than sixth. So, but but if you finish, it seems like in this draft, if you finish outside the top three or four, anyways, it doesn't matter if you're fifth or sixth. No, absolutely, yeah, it's 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 pretty even. Um, so if you're gonna if you're gonna win a game, I, I mean, you might it might as well be this game, right? I mean. I, kind of expected game of like, well, we're bad, but we're not the worst, but we still have pretty decent odds to yeah to and, get to get the top pick. And there are some guys that played really well for the Cavs. I mean, first off, let's talk about Kevin Love, who looked very sharp, fourteen well, yeah. points and nine rebounds in just under sixteen, 16 minutes. minutes. Well, and and with if Kevin Love is healthy enough to play a full game, it's it's not even close to a tank battle. Oh, absolutely. And then um, the way he looked tonight, anyways. I mean, oh is, no, he looked, really he looked a little rusty in the in the in the six minutes he played against Washington. But yeah, and he looked like he was huffing and puffing in the second quarter. So 
but he doesn't uh, have his, his NBA legs under him yet. No, but uh, yeah, really nice game for Kevin Love. Really aggressive in the post. Um, I mean, just I've just, just played better when he was out there. They moved oh, yeah. the ball better. They they switched on defense better. It just seemed like there were just smarter plays being made in general out there. Uh, another fun Cav tonight was uh, Brandon Knight, who, um, boy, his shooting was good. Three or four again tonight after a, a nice shooting night the other night. And with nine points and three rebounds, two assists in 16 minutes. I mean, pretty solid bench outing. Yeah, um, he lost his legs a little bit, too, because yeah. he was... He, he he only took one shot and missed it in the second half in the yeah. couple of minutes he played. But first half he looked really solid. He looked like he looked like a, like an NBA point guard. So yes, and then for uh, the Cavs uh, point guard Colin Sexton with a mixed bag game. I mean he got twenty points, but he took him twenty one shots to get there. But he had some nice plays too. Yeah, um, he you know, attacked. He attacked her, especially early he attacked. Yeah, he should have attacked the zone more in the second half, but, yeah. I mean, he's a rookie, so what are you going to do? But but what I liked about his game more than anything was, yeah, he was 7-21, to but he went 2 of 8 from 3, which, in my book, if you're going to miss, miss from 3 instead of mid-range. And sure. he went to the rim and, and got swatted a few times, but he was aggressive attacking the rim and tried to get into people's bodies and didn't always finished the best but he was quick i mean that play he had to close the was it the first half or the first quarter i can't remember where he blew by um kadeem allen and it was the first quarter yeah yeah, and just laid it out i mean he was a blur that 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 was probably the fastest the best first step i've seen him have all year and and he crossed some guys up tonight um had a good handle had a None of his passes were spectacular, but he only had one turnover. They, he's been yeah. playing off the ball. He had a dunk tonight off a yeah, very did. sweet Larry Nance feed, and we haven't gotten to him yet, but we will. Well, Sexton was a second. I mean, yeah. really, up until that last, those last couple of cornet threes, Sexton was leading the team at, at plus sixteen. He wound up plus twelve for the game, yep. which was just one behind uh, Nance Junior. Uh, or no, Kevin Love for with uh, with thirteen, and, and his... two very clutch free throws at the end of uh, the re- yeah. re- regulation, channeling his inner Kyrie. Yeah, no, he's a very good free throw shooter. Which I mean, if you shoot, yeah, he's 80... like what eighty seven percent or something as a rookie. That that's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, and it's actually down a little because he was up at at you know almost ninety for a while. But yeah, he's a very good free throw shooter, and I think you and I have talked. He seems to be really good at getting into the bonus in like the late second quarter, and yeah, um, it, and when he gets to, I think when he's not a rookie anymore, and he starts getting some respect from NBA refs, it's going to help him a ton because he's a really good free throw shooter and he is good at drawing contact. He's yeah. just not always good at selling that contact. I mean, and right. also you don't get calls as a rookie. It's hard to get calls as a rookie. Well, especially when you don't use the glass, yeah. and because when you get into a into somebody's body, if you're just throwing it up, it never looks quite as good as if you throw it up off the glass and learn how to use it better and yeah. work on your English. I mean, he really should just spend he should spend the summer working on his crossover dribble and his his uh, ability, you know, his finishing off the glass. A, the, and, the big and thing, feeding the roll man on the pick and roll. 
Well, yeah, but that'll come with. I mean, oh, absolutely. I'm not. That's something you got to practice with other people. I'm just saying, like, when you're just when he's just alone in the gym by himself, like he can practice those other two things, you know, repeatedly. Yeah, although he had some ridiculous no glass finishes tonight. Oh yeah, no, he's great. He's great. He he can be great at them, but but if he imagine, I mean, if he could just learn how to finish off the glass a little bit more. I mean, he'd be devastating. But yeah. um, speaking of a guy who didn't finish off the glass tonight, Matthew Delavadova with yeah. uh, twelve points and five of ten, and I counted at least three flobs. Yeah, uh, that the floater lob that that goes in and six dimes, and one turnover. He was really solid. He was really good in the second quarter. Um, yeah, well, the just, flob is the ultimate uh, zone buster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the he he busted the and the Cavs yeah definitely struggled down the stretch against the zone. I think they're up by eighteen at one point, and the Knicks cut it to. They four? cut it to, well, they cut to one on they that cornet. That's right, yeah, cornet. on that cornet shot, yeah, yeah. But and and it's unfortunate because like as good as Delhi played is he had three fairly open triples that that just didn't go. Two yeah. of them rattled out and. uh you know, I mean, he still took him, but... Um, yeah, and I almost knew... I, that's the one thing about De- Delhi. He's never been a clutch three-shooter, it seems yeah. like. Um, I think he overclubs when the game's on the line a little bit, so... Yeah. But, you know, he took the shots, and you got to give him credit for that, but... A- absolutely. Overall, pretty good performance, 12-6 and six in 27 minutes, so... Yeah, and... An interesting game for Jordan Clarkson, uh, 17 shots, also 2 of 8, but uh, a little more out of control late, especially down the stretch, a couple tur- big turnovers late. Well, um, some of those were guys just not playing together yeah. either, because like, Nance had a couple like that too, where they were throwing it to a spot, and it usually was either Chris or it was either Chris or Knight or, or Nawaba that just wasn't there. Yeah. Didn't break, didn't, and Sexton didn't break to it right way one time too. Uh, it's uh, you're gonna have that. I mean, they had oh, twenty. Absolutely. Well, they had oh, eighteen turnovers tonight, and and I, I'd say probably probably at least maybe not half, but close to that. Maybe eight of them were just of the I passed into a spot and the guy broke the other way that I was expecting category. Yeah, and and it's interesting because uh, the Cavs. Definitely out hustled the Knicks tonight uh, with with seventeen offensive rebounds. Uh, David Nwabo with with four offensive boards and a nice defensive game. Uh, a great steal late in the game on Kevin Knox, and after the steal, Kevin Knox acted like he'd been shot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what is that? I am but, not impressed with Kevin Knox. No, I, I I will say, but yeah. But the guy that was the player of the game, and I don't think that you'll get any argument from anybody who watched the game, was uh, Larry Nance with another double-double. 15. Not to mention a career-high 10 offensive rebounds. And and of the of the gritty variety. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the conspiracy theorist in me will say, you know, DeAndre Jordan did not play very much in the second half. And, no, he still played 24 minutes. Well, I know, but do you think it was that they wanted to give Mitchell Robinson run? Although Mitchell Robinson had did play well. Mitchell Robinson has some hops, man. Like that dude, uh, and get a up. seven four wingspan. Yeah. I mean, that was part. I guess that was part of it. But at the same time, Nance Nance was close to a 
a double double in the by the end of the first half. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think it was. Six. I mean, look, yeah. DeAndre is DeAndre is probably only half paying attention out there <laughs> because he's. You know, I think he. It was a big deal for him to go from leave the Clips and go to Dallas in the off season, and then you know, and and then he then he was pretty pretty unceremoniously traded at the deadline to yeah. as part of the part of the zinger package to you know that landed yeah. him with the Knicks. So uh, I don't expect DeAndre. I mean, he's he's, he's I, I don't know what 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 kind of guarantee he had on his deal. Uh, it's guaranteed through this year. So right, he's a so, free agent at the end of the season. So yeah, I, DJ is going to wind up on a DJ is going to wind up on a playoff team over the summer at the trade deadline next year, or, or maybe even bought out this year. That's a lot to buy out, isn't it? Well, but I mean, the thing is, is if they're paying him anyway, and then they can save a little bit of money, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, but, I guess, yeah. but he's making no, dude. He's got twenty, almost twenty-three million dollars. You're not buying that out. But it's the Knicks. <laughs> Even the Knicks wouldn't do that. I, I don't know. I mean, so uh, we're talking about the we're talking about the. I mean, I'm not saying the Knicks are are different or better, but they ha- they are at least making aggressive, more aggressive moves. I mean, yeah. You know, I I think they should have probably. I, I if I was them, I would have waited till the summer to trade Porzingis, but. Um, and, and a lot of teams were very shocked that they didn't shop him at all. Like this was well, the I think they, they kind of like shot, they said it, they try they thought they could get the Anthony Davis swap, and when the Pelicans said no, I think they were just like, well, let's just let's just we know we can get Cuban to do it. Let's just ship him to Dallas. <laughs> Bird in the hand. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no I, guarantee that, that Porzingis comes back. To be the player that he was, a big man with you know with knee problems. That's not that's not nothing. Oh, but, I yeah, and and I mean we'll get to trades a little bit later, but yeah, yeah sorry, I mean I'm just saying that's a, that's a lot. I de- I don't think they're going to buy DeAndre Jordan out at at twenty three million dollars. That's just my guess. Yeah, I guess it would depend on how many how much money he wants to give up. <laughs> I if you're DeAndre, why would you give up anything, right? Oh, I mean, you're already also kind of, that. You're already probably kind of annoyed that that Dallas dumped you after you decided to <laughs> go home and you know and, and do that after all that went before. So it's the revenge for uh, for locking uh, Cuban out of the house and re-signing with yes. the Clippers. I feel like they had gotten past that though with what was said oh, around I the know. time they signed with them. But I know I not just... you're being funny. Yeah, I'm just trying to be funny. You know me. Um, no, no. You don't always have to try. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's some good-looking Knicks. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson looked like a very long player that could do a lot of good things. Uh, he's looked. a rookie. No, no, how tall is he? He's 7'1". Oh. I thought he looked tall. Yeah, he's 7'1 yeah, seven seven with a 7 yeah. feet 4 wingspan. wingspan. Yeah, Crazy. and he was a 36 pick, so it just goes to show you that the second round, you can get players that can help your team. So, well, he came out of Western Kentucky. I don't even know. I didn't even had a team. So, <laughs> I'm trying to think of who the other guy from Western Kentucky is. I'll have to. I'll have to look it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, Noah Vonley had a 
decent game I get. Well, no, he had he was minus twelve. He was terrible, and he had that yeah. big miss dunk. <laughs> well, he had a block on Marquise Chris, which yeah. is not hard to do, and then. Yeah, and then he had that really big blonde dunk, but yeah. But uh, Dennis Smith Jr. had a decent game for the Knicks, uh, ten points, uh, four assists. But he kind of he just is kind of out there, you know what I mean? He doesn't oh, yeah. really impose his will on the game. But the guy that was really impressive for the Knicks was uh, a two-way player, Kadeem Allen, with uh, twenty-five points on sixteen shots, and just was they were running their whole offense through him. He had yeah. six, six assists to go with it. I mean, he was really good. I mean, yeah. it didn't help the Cavs. He played, for the, he played for the Celtics last year, didn't he? Yeah, he he got he had a cup of coffee with the Celtics last year. And, uh, yeah, and it didn't hurt that the Cavs guards were not very – hurt him that the Cavs guards weren't very good on defense. But, but he was good, and part of that unit running the zone against the Cavs that really stymied him, but they just couldn't shoot their way out of it. It felt like the Cavs took – 44 threes, which is a ridiculous number for them. It's almost unheard of for them, right? Yeah. Well, I definitely feel like with Rodney Hood gone and who's the other three-point jacker they had? Oh, Burks? Yeah, or, yeah Burks took some, some good long twos. But now I feel like there's definitely a more concerted effort to shoot the open three than... Although, weirdly, Rodney Hood's like been shooting the three pretty well in Portland since he got traded there. I, but... I, I don't understand, but maybe Rodney Hood just had a Cleveland aversion. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. he, he didn't want to take the long-term deal this day, so... Yeah, the Cavs were definitely three happy, especially in the second half against that zone, and hit just enough of them to win... Well, that's just it. I think it was it was the fact that Love and Love Knight and um, uh, Chris were pretty hot from the from three point in the first half, and then in the second half, yeah, it was the zone that just sort of forced Sexton and Clarkson and uh, you know and Stauskas into taking a bunch of threes. Yeah, but and Delhi missing them. Yeah, and Delhi. Yeah, I mean if, even one for two, Larry Nance. So. He, he he looked pretty good on that one that he hit though. Yeah, and yeah, and Larry Nance was a force on both ends of the basketball court. I mean, played great defense, just a hound dog going after rebounds. Um I think I think when everyone if when everyone's healthy, Nance is probably their second best player. Yeah. After love. The problem with that is that when everyone's healthy right now he doesn't start. And I don't know if that'll that may change. I don't think it'll change this year, but I think that they really need to find a place for Tristan Thompson in the offseason. Um, you mean somewhere else? Yeah, you don't somewhere think, else. You don't think Tristan could come off the bench? I, he could. The problem is he only has one position in the NBA right now, and it's center. And Kevin Love should be getting the bulk of the center minutes. Yeah, or not Kevin Love. Uh, Larry Nance should be getting the bulk of the center minutes, and well, clearly Nance can provide what what Tristan has. I mean, just look at tonight with the offensive yeah. rebounding, the rebounding overall. A much um, better shooter. A much better shooter. I mean, he's, he's, he's still not. Still doesn't have the the girth of of a TT underneath, no. but um, but that's not really the way the NBA is played anymore. So. Yeah, and he doesn't. Uh, he picks up the one you know flaw in his game that seems to get ironed out a little when he starts is you know picking up too many fouls, especially early. But uh, yeah, I mean 
they could definitely run a three-man rotation with Tristan and Kevin Love and Larry Nance. Um, but as many have said, that is a lot of money to have tied up in your big men position. Plus, yeah. especially when you've got John Henson as well, and you've got, um, you know, uh, Zizich. Do you think Henson ever plays for the Cavs, though? Like, I oh, feel I like think Henson's... he'll play for the Cavs. I think he'll play before the season's up. I think they want him to play for the season's up to, you know, build his trade value if they do want to move him in the offseason. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I was and... surprised that, that Zizich didn't play at all tonight, but he may not have even been no, active. No, he had a back cause... issue. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, he had a sore back <laughs> was what I had read. So I mean, I, I like uh, Marquise Chris's uh, offensive game, but defensively he leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, he was I, at least aggressive for rebounds tonight. Yeah. And yeah. part of that was was Nance just on him all the time to like Which, get in there and and get the get the get in the paint, get the boards and try to defend and it's not I mean he's a soft defender. I mean he's a soft 6-10, which is a weird <laughs> thing to say. Yeah, no, but, he is. And as David correctly noted the other day, he is a terrible one-on-one defender, especially in space. He just opens it like David said he opens his hips like immediately and guys just blow by him so let um, me ask you this though is he is he just young kevin love 610 forward who can can hit can is really good offensive has good offensive moves no i mean he's three. not kevin love um he actually has Ke- body. remember kevin well remember kevin as a as a younger player like and even early on with the Cavs, like he was a terrible one-on-one defender and he's really worked on his game and became oh, a much better one. No, I'm just but saying, like, I, in that I will same, say in that an, same vein, you know? Yeah, but he's not nearly the complete offensive play, player as a passer and a low post move guy and a, and everything else that Kevin Love brings to the table as an offensive player. He's a good shooter. He is a decent, uh, but he's also finisher. 21. No, right? I, yeah, but you're just asking me for comps, you know. Yeah. Kevin no, Love at that I, I saw, age. Yeah, yeah, so so not the passer because Kevin yeah. Love was a pretty sublime passer from and, and from... had amazing footwork for a very young player as, as on offense. But I yeah. mean, he he definitely he's got some hops. He can definitely shoot. Um, although it's interesting because on the radio broadcast they were talking about how he was a terrible shooter in Houston. Um, but that also might just be a function of the minutes he's getting too, um, because he's getting regular rotation minutes. Where in Houston he was probably just playing in garbage time, that kind of thing. Well, so, I'm sure they wanted him to stay near the hoop in Houston too, because they got enough guys that can shoot the three. Well, you know, Mike D'Antoni though, he's going to, you know, if he thinks you can shoot, you're going to get to shoot. So, I, I mean. Just didn't seem like he got any playtime there, though. No, he didn't get a lot after after the. He only played. Weekend. He only played in sixteen games for yeah. Houston. Yeah, and I think he took fifteen threes and did not make many of them. Is what they were. Do you, yeah. Do you see his shooting splits in Houston? He made one. He made one of 15. <laughs> one of fifteen. So yeah, definitely a better start to his Cavs career. But yeah, he's made one, four of seven in, as a Cav. Yeah, he does some weird things. Um, he doesn't know what to do. Like you saw tonight, he got the ball three times around the basket, and the first time he kind of did a goofy layup thing that he missed, and the second time he got swatted because he went up pretty weak, and then the third time he just went up and even Fratello said something about it, just slammed it down like a big man should. And right. 
No, I definitely think that there are. Well, that's progress, at least, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm not suggesting that that Marquise Chris is, you know, is is some you know great undiscovered piece, but he's still young. He's 21. It's basically what we've been saying about Ante this whole time, which is, hey, he's a young guy. He's bounced around. He played on a you know on a pretty bad Phoenix team, and then was very pretty very little used on on a Houston team that had a lot of injuries and, you know, still didn't give him any time. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what he could do with a little bit more time, especially because the Cavs aren't exactly out to win games right now. They're looking to get a good look at young players and see if they can be, see if they can be molded into something. I think yeah, Chris and- could be, a, could be certainly at the at worst could be a, a, a good, front court scorer off the bench it could space the floor if they especially yeah, if they work on young him with Maurice Spates. Sure. That might Why? be a good comp. That's a better comp, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean he had fourteen and seven boards tonight in twenty two minutes. I mean definitely yeah. a yeah. solid it's a good thing, but yeah. still that's that's pretty good that's those are solid numbers coming off the bench. Absolutely. And I mean it's all gravy. The the biggest problem with him is he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, so if right. he does play really well, um, you know, anybody can sign him. But the, the Cavs can certainly, you know, he's a guy you might bring back on a minimum contract next year, you know. Um, Depends on who they draft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you Because know. the front court's going to get awful crowded if they wind up with Zion or yeah. or, or another or another forward or center. So. Yeah. Although I, I, I feel like Zion could play the three, and, and that'd be fun. So. Yeah, I don't know if he shoots well enough to play the three, does he? he? He, yeah. I mean, we haven't really figured out what he doesn't do well so far. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean you take him anyways. If he's there, you take yeah. him. But oh, absolutely. I mean, he's a a transformational he's a, player. He's yeah, the, he's a force. He's the best prospect since Anthony Davis, and probably before Anthony Davis, probably the best prospect since Kevin Durant. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's many people that would argue with that. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess if Embiid had been healthy, maybe, but yeah, but he wasn't. I mean, that was yeah. a big risk, and it took what three years, three four years for him to get there. So, yep, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but uh, fun fun game tonight for the Cavs. I mean, yeah, they trying- they won the battle and maybe. <laughs> Put themselves back a, a half a, a half a beat in the war, right? Yeah, but I mean, I don't really put a lot of stock in. As, as I've told many people, the Cavs had a forty-seven percent chance to be the fifth pick, so the, the odds are a lot longer than a lot of people think. Uh, the way yeah. they flattened out this year, so they they a couple ping pong balls don't matter to me, you know. Yeah, me neither. I, and, and it was an entertaining game. Well, and that's really the most the most yeah. important thing is that you know as we go through this this uh, sort of awful rebound season, like because next year probably isn't going to be a whole lot better unless guys are healthy from the start. Yeah. Um. But well, I feel the, like they the, have pieces though. Like. Yeah. I, again, but it, would take it just depends really on falling how the into place. You know. Yeah. But you look at the. I mean, the East got. As bad as the East has been, this has been the best the East the has East been. The East is top-heavy now. Well, yeah, I'm saying it's be- I, no, the best. No, I mean, it, it's, it's, since... it's stacked at the top. Well, probably in 20 years, right? I mean, since the... 
Um, what since maybe not since Jordan retired, but close. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, it, this is the East is very stacked. I mean, it's nice to see again, actually. I mean, yeah. and we we will probably get to trades a little bit later, but I mean, you got the Bucks, you got the Sixers, you've got um, who's the other really good team? Raptors, Toronto, Toronto yeah. and then Boston, and then the Pacers are still the, hanging in there. The Pacers, Oladipo, yeah, are they won looking, six in a row. Yeah, they look really solid. I mean. <laughs> the nice thing about that is is that hey yeah they weren't just a one trick pony they played yeah. really well I mean well they're a great defensive team and they they were last year and they've stayed that I think they're the best aren't they best in the NBA they're, they're, right they're there. not that close yeah and the other thing is is they I mean, in terms ex- of points per game they are and they execute really well on offense like annoyingly well <laughs> like <laughs> one of my favorite players to watch for them is Sabonis and he's one of those guys I hate playing against because he's just like he's so stout. Yeah. He he reminds he's almost like a more agile Steven Adams. Like he's yeah. just you know, he jumps a little higher, but yeah, I yeah. mean No, he'll foul the crap out of you and get away with it and Yeah. You know, because he's he he has good mood. Yeah, he's got that yeah, he has got the little bit of um Adams, a little bit of, of uh what um, Zaza had when he yeah. was playing with the with the Warriors. Yeah, although he's not the flopper that Zaza is, <laughs> but who, who is? Who no is, one is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's a that's a book in the basketball encyclopedia. That's probably him and Andy are on that page together. Yeah, maybe like Bogut before he got injured as a flopper. Yeah. No, no, not flopper, but like as a kind of style player just kind of bruising but can still oh, yeah. still has a good offensive game yeah bogut yeah bogut's he's a, he's not as tall as bogut but yeah that's a good comp i mean and and a little bit of his dad in him with the passing oh sure but, yeah yeah they they're definitely a very deep team too no, they mean. were my dark first pick before oh me too depot, yeah. before depot went down and it's amazing that even though he has they've kept it rolling i mean they're i think they're i think they're Thirty nine wins, yeah, yeah. I they're only uh, I think two games out of first in the East. Yeah, uh, three three games, three games out of first in the East. So yep, or at least in the win column. Yeah, I mean they're they've got a better record than Philly. They got a better record than <laughs> their third. Yeah, and then the drop. There's sort of that drop off to the Nets, uh, Hornets, Pistons, and yeah. Heat, but. And, and uh, Boston right now looks like the fifth best team in the East. I mean, Boston will live and die by their chemistry issues. Like, yeah. if can, if and, they can, and Kyrie's uh, health. Yeah, I don't know. I I would expect a genius like Brad Stevens to figure that out by now, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they won't. Uh, it it is a little fun to see the uh, wheels coming off the wagon there. A little bit. Well, I, I mean, you, what was the tweet you posted on the live thread? Oh, the uh, yeah, the, that Tatum? Jason Jason Tatum. The rumor is that Jason Tatum quietly would welcome the trade to New Orleans because he wants to be the quote unquote face of the franchise, and he knows he won't get a chance to do that in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like. Why are these guys obsessed with being the face of the franchise? You know what's hilarious is it's like 
everybody who is the face of the franchise and can't win wants out. But yeah. everybody who's on a team that's young and, you know, they want to be the face of the franchise. All these guys. It's yeah. it's crazy to me. It's like, it's that, it's that whole be careful what you wish for, yeah. you know? And I will it's say... Like, wouldn't you rather just make a bunch of money being the second or third best guy on some other dude's team? Let him worry about the... You know the machinations of of what's going on. Build your build up your your status, and then sure, if if you get to a level where you, you want to where you can explore. But Jason Tatum's good. He's not he's not LeBron. He's not you know he's not Anthony Davis. He's not. Uh, I, I think Jason none Tatum of these guys. is is a little bit the victim of having a really good rookie year in a in a oh, yeah. in a major market on a team with a lot of visibility. Yep, and. I think it's hurt him, just like I said during the live thread, you know, having a good summer league kind of hurt Kevin Knox, who thinks he's much better yeah. than he actually is. Ugh, Kevin Knox. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it, it's definitely these guys that it's almost like too much too soon. But this is what we said about, or at least I did, about Brad Stevens, is that he's really good when he's got a bunch of tryhards right. that, are, that are just – Playing, punching above their weight, and yeah. being that surprise team, and everybody's kind of like, "Oh wow, what a great job!" Like when he had Isaiah Thomas, you know, and figured out how to how to hide him on defense and feature him, on, run it through the offense through him on offense, and you know, and then even last year when when uh, Hayward went down and then Kyrie went down, and he just took a bunch of you know rookies and second year players and hung their they hung their their hat on defense and opportunistic uh you know shooting because they would have stretches where they're terrible but they just they were a bunch of tryhards and they got all the way to the eastern conference finals because none of the other teams were ready you no, know and philly was fully baked and <laughs> even though philly had a great stretch run last that last year you could tell like even in that game that they they still won, but basically collapsed down the stretch against the Cavs when, like LeBron and Jeff Green took them apart and <laughs> and erased to like a thirty five point lead and almost came back to win. Remember that game? And yeah, and you're, and you're just like, I just don't know if the, these guys are mentally tough enough to withstand the playoffs yet. They will be this year because they've got experience and they've got now guys and. Butler and Harris that well, can... that and they are just absolutely stacked at the wing. Yeah. I mean, they have yeah. so many wings now. But that's that's the point. Like last year, yeah. when you you look at that, why well, the long way around of saying Brad Stevens is great when it's a bunch of under you know underachieving tryhards and young players and rookies that listen. I mean, he basically ran the Celtics last year like Butler, right? <laughs> yeah. And he took them all the way to the final four because he got them <laughs> to the Eastern go. Conference Finals. And then they lost in a close series to, you know, the Cavs because because LeBron. Like, LeBron is the reason they the Cavs won that series last year. And so they were they were a step away, but they thought, okay, we were the Cinderella last year, and now we're going to – now we've got all the draft picks and war chest from Danny Ainge to put it together, and we got Kyrie and – and Gordon coming back, and it's going to be great. And guess what? When you have personalities to manage, and you've got stars that that have their own agendas, and they know how they want to want to do things, all of a sudden, 
the all the tryhard guys get a little bit forgotten about, and they don't really fit in quite as well as they did when it was just them and against the world. And then you know, all of a sudden, you look up and you say, "Hey, how how come Boston's only fifth in the in the East?" Well, I don't you know, think like, it helps. I mean, to to add on to your point, it doesn't help that Kyrie Irving sucks all the air out of the room, <laughs> too. I mean. Him yeah. opening his mouth all the time has got to eventually grate on teammates. I mean, it's just got to get old. <laughs> I mean, got old in Cleveland, and it, it seems it like it's gotten old there. Yeah, and especially if you're a guy like Jason Tatum who's trying to make a name for himself now. Do I think Tatum, you know, the time we spent with Kobe in the offseason does not seem like it helped him as a player? Like, <laughs> like, the funny thing is Boston's biggest problem right now might be ha- that they have two guys that try- are trying to emulate Kobe as a yeah. team leader in Kobe Kobe Tatum. disciples. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, two to- two Kobe disciples. It's like uh it's like Sith. <laughs> two yeah. of them can't coexist. They have, they have right. to take out the other one. <laughs> right. Well, look, if Boston can pull it off and and by the way, I kind of hope I kind of hope it happens. I'd love to see them go all in, trade Tatum and Brown and and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of their war chest picks to the Pelicans and then watch Anthony Davis, Davis leave. Well, then watch Kyrie leave and go to New York. <laughs> what was and it? then and then watch Anthony Davis leave in another year and go to go to LA so, to play with a decrepit LeBron. Yeah, they were talking about the uh it was the Baron Davis move where yeah. who who was it? It was Baron Davis and Elton Brand and one of them signed and then the other one didn't sign when he told him he was. Right. Do you remember that what you I that do, was? yeah. I no, it was a while. I mean that was like Well, now I got to look this up. Is it like 2009 maybe? Yeah, now I got to look this up. I got to all right. Leaves Elton Brand signed with the Seventy Sixers, and left uh, Baron Davis stranded on the Clippers. <laughs> I love that they refer to it as stranded on the Clippers. Well, because that's the way you you would feel playing oh, for absolutely, the Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm trying to. We need to change the name. Two thousand eight. That was close. Yeah, when you're and off. then you know, three years was it? Two or three years later that uh, I think it was. Two years, 2011 draft was Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the Cavs traded for Elton Brand for Baron, for Baron Davis for Baron Davis. Yeah, yeah. In that infamous pick where the Clippers thought, well, there's only a <laughs> well, we'll unprotect it because there's only like a point five chance that, <laughs> that it would be the number one pick, and it was. Which is the crazy thing about that is, is like if it's so low, the other you know the other team's not going to balk on the protections yet. They still didn't. No. So great. They should have top one. They should have top one protected it. And this day and age, you would have. But oh yeah, everyone would now. Unless yeah, back the only then it was, way that you wouldn't is is if that's the appeal of the pick. I mean, back then it was it was Dunleavy. It wasn't Dunleavy the GM and and uh, Sterling was still on the team and yeah. they were the train wreck they've always been. Yeah, it was no Dunleavy was coach. He might have been coaching GM because I they, thought he was GM coach. Yeah, I think he was because the guy they had before him was the all-time NBA guy, and I can't remember his name. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, getting back to the Sixers, who I was talking about. I mean, their starting lineup: Butler, 
Tobias Harris, um, Joel Embiid, Simmons, and Redick is uh, that is a really good starting five. And then, and then you add coming off the bench, um, well, the best backup center in the league, Boban Morjanovic. So <laughs> he is though, like he Come is on. unstoppable for fifteen minutes a night. Okay, and he's really good. You can't TJ play him Ma- against TJ McConnell's been good. TJ John the Simmons, really John the Simmons is a nice piece they traded for. Yeah, Mike Scott's okay. I'm not a huge. I don't know. I, I'm not a. I just. Yeah. I mean, Firkin, Corkmaz is all right. Yeah. I don't know. I James feel like Venice. they gave up. Yeah. They they surrendered a lot of their depth to make this deal happen for Harris. I, I mean, still think they have a lot of depth, but I would have held on to to Shamit. But again, Shamit's Shamit, a rookie, yeah. and he probably wasn't going to help them in the playoffs much. Yeah, and. They've got to go all in to keep Jimmy Butler around because they gave up so much to get him. So, man, yeah, they did too. That's a big risk. (laughs) I wonder if they'd love to do that over again and just have made the Harris trade and kept those other guys. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not, just because I I feel like you know Butler's the closer. You need a guy like Jimmy Butler on that team in the playoffs. Because none of the rest of those guys are playoff closers. No, but Embiid thinks he is. Yeah, that's the problem. (laughs) Is Embiid thinks he's a three-point shooter, and what's Embiid shoot from three? Right. I mean, he's a good player who shoots 30% from three. He's not a guy you... If you need three points to tie a game at the end of regulation, that's not a guy who you want shooting it. That's true. That's a heck of a... That's a heck of a... uh... Force them to try to keep together, though, man. Next oh, year, yeah, it's going to be think, crazy expensive. Next year, it's going to cost them. I think I read it, it, next year it's going to cost them a hundred and hundred and ten million just for those four guys. And well, then, and then once Simmons, yeah, once Simmons rookie does his over, deal, yeah. then it's like it jumps up to like one thirty. I think. Did you hear the Magic Johnson thing with Simmons for four guys? One thirty for four guys. Oh yeah, it, it's going to be insane, and it, there's no guarantee those all those guys resign. No, yeah, I did see it. I posted the um, that the the Woj tweet about how they're investigating the Magic oh, with yeah. Simmons. Now, from what it sounds like, Simmons was the one that reached out to Magic, and Magic deferred. Said, yeah. Oh, I'll talk to him in the summertime. The problem is, Magic shouldn't said anything. Just like Magic shouldn't say anything ever. <laughs> because Magic can't keep his mouth shut because Magic doesn't really know how to be a GM. He's just a a former star basketball player who thinks the rules don't apply to playing, him. Playing at it. And yeah. when and when he when he doesn't know, he just defers to Rob Palinka, who has never been a GM before and is just a former agent. Yeah. And he, anybody wonder why these guys bungled the I mean, because what they did was they got played. They got played by by Rich Paul too. Because Rich Paul probably went to them and said, "Hey guys, well, yeah. LeBron wants this, so here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tell Anthony he needs to rather than wait till the summertime. We're gonna tell Anthony he needs to be up front now. If we get out in front of this, we might be able to get this done by the trade deadline. And Anthony will look like a good guy for telling, at least for telling New Orleans that hey." I'm just being straight with you. I'm not going to resign this big deal. Like I'm my, my goal is to get to Los Angeles. So yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and that's his plan. And rather than just say, yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not on board with that plan or 
yeah, we like that idea in theory, but let's try to do it behind the scenes. Like, let's try to, you know, let's, yeah. let's, let's see if we can reach, you know, reach out to Dell Dems and say, hey, by the way. This guy's probably be, not going to resign with you. <laughs> or just, hey, let's, we could give you a big haul here, you know, yeah. instead of like, because once it came out, it just became a game of like, well, who's more upset, right? Yeah. So who's more aggrieved? <laughs> so, and, and Dell Dems is making the calls, but there's, there were more than enough reports that said people within the Pelicans the organization, right? Yeah. So they, of course they, they're like, screw that. We're not going to let LA and clutch do this to us. So as yeah, soon well, as that, the other thing is that they, the, the ownership groups is from the NFL and it's a very different mentality in the NFL. First of all, there's a hard cap, Yep. So the players are much more of a commodity. Anybody. Yeah, you know they can franchise anybody they want. I mean, look, this is the reason why there'll be a work stoppage in twenty after the twenty twenty season in the NFL because the collective bargain there's they're they're worlds apart in collective bargaining because the players are all sick of being franchised and then cut without guaranteed money, and you know the owners like their money. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I, I would guess at this point it's it's too bad because with I mean I know you don't care as much but with the Browns actually finally starting to look like they're showing a pulse and maybe on the way to being a competitive team it would be it would be just about right that the 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 NFL would would have their first actual work stoppage since 1982 happen you know a year or two into what could be a, a very good time for Browns fans but. Um, hopefully they'll avoid it. Hopefully they're, you know, they'll figure out some ways around it, but there's a lot of bigger issues. I mean, a lot of political issues and, Who'd the um, sign today? they signed Kareem Hunt, <laughs> which yeah, is, uh, well, it's funny because I mean, look, as you I, were sitting, on one hand, I get it. Yeah. Oh, well, let me, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So as you were sitting there going through that, I go, and who are the best two kind of future AFC franchises right now, it's the Chiefs and the Browns, the the two teams I kind of nominally root for, mainly yeah. because I grew up rooting for the Chiefs and I live where the Browns live and I root right. for all my friends' favorite teams. And it's like, you know, and then, and then you know, there's the common thread of Kareem Hunt now between the yeah. two. And <laughs> well, it's not a surprise because... He was too talented Dorsey, for no one to sign him. Well, Dorsey drafted him in 2017 to begin mm-hmm. with. After pretty after scouting him quite a bit, and I think he was like a he was like a third or fifth round pick or something like that. Dorsey left Kansas City, obviously, or got fired from Kansas City and wound up in Cleveland. But Hunt's also from the Cleveland area. Um, forget where he went. I think he went to Toledo, didn't he, or something like that for college. I don't, I don't know a lot about him. I think I mean, so. Yeah. So then, and then even the the thing that happened, the 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 thing that was on video with him and that, and that girl, um, happened in Cleveland. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. So, uh, you know, who knows, uh, you know, you would think that, um, I'm sure there will be a lot of, um, I think it'd be a lot of fans that, that don't agree with this move that don't like it for that reason. Um, meanwhile, the NFL is full of both, you know, comeback stories guys with who've gotten second chances and also guys that uh you know maybe weren't caught on video that still did something pretty pretty heinous and are still playing so or or are uh you know cbs analysts 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, without getting too into it and whatever, because obviously we <laughs> we don't have a good track record when when things get into politics and, oh, and I know, uh, I know, social but, issues. But oh, yeah. I, I'll just say, uh, look, it's – I think I'm of the mind that everybody deserves a second chance. I don't know if it should have been this quickly. Um, I understand why from a business standpoint – uh, and from a competitive balance standpoint, it's a good it'd be a good idea for the Browns. I can't say I I you know I can't say I'm a hundred percent behind it because it, it it really does leave a bit of a a taste. I mean, it's such a it's a tricky issue, you know, because you know without getting without getting like full on into it, like it yeah it's it's a it's a very polarizing issue right now in, yeah. in this country. So. Well, one of the things that um, really hurt him in Kansas City, and I followed this from the Kansas City side, was that it was not just the incident itself. It was the out-and-out lying repeatedly to team administra- administrators that nothing happened, that this right. was a nothing issue. And then, But you're in a casino. You know, there are cameras everywhere. There's nothing that yeah. happens in a casino that isn't on tape somewhere. Yeah, you know, and, well, and and, and look, part we've of all was... seen we've all seen the Ray Rice video. Yeah, we all know what happened with Joe Mixon breaking his girlfriend's jaw. We all know, you know, we we know about players that that have. I mean, look, we all knew about what happened with Michael Vick. I mean, yeah, and, you know, yeah, where well, where it's something that's not even. I mean, that's like. You know, at least you could say in some of these some of these other ones, as, as horrific as they are, there's somebody who's able to defend themselves, run away, fight back, call the police, whatever, doing what what say Michael Vick was doing with with defenseless animals is, you know, is just as bad, if not worse. Oh yes. Yeah. What do you what do you what can you do there? But. Yeah, the, oh, it's it's hard to have that double standard too. Of of plenty of guys have gotten second chances. I mean, we are a nation of second chances in that respect. So, um, yeah, it's it's hard to it's it's just a it's a difficult issue to wrestle with. I wouldn't want to be the Browns um, having to navigate the next you know six to twelve months of yeah. of scrutiny and and um, really, I, I would expect. That I would expect there to be protests once. Oh yeah, he's able, well, once it, he's able to play. Yeah, so. and the and the big thing is that you knew he was going to get a second chance because of how talented he is. I mean, the guy yep. was a borderline. He led the NFL as a rookie in 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 rushing yards. Yeah, and the guy was a borderline um, uh, MVP candidate before he went down. So or before they had to release him. So yeah. You know. He scored like 15 touchdowns or something. In, yeah, I mean, in, yeah, Mahomes obviously the guy that you know threw a lot of them, but yeah, definitely his talent is is kind of undeniable. So we'll we'll see how that works out. I hope that uh, <laughs> I I hope for the best for everyone involved. Let's put it that way. So yeah, yeah. It's gonna I mean, be and, and yeah, definitely we got to see on, how it unfolds on a, on a tangent here, but yeah, I mean. Getting back to what we were talking about, you know, the NFL versus the NBA yeah. is there's, you know, there's just a different mentality with how they treat players. And I, I find it 
flatly hilarious right now that somehow Magic Johnson is painting the Lakers as the victims. Because he's <laughs> he's just doing damage control at this point because that's all he can do. Right. But and I mean, if, the if fact... Magic no, but if Magic doesn't say something like that, then because he's got he's right now got a, a locker room full of guys that are pretty put out that they were their names were all out there being talked about in trades and that you know yeah. all that matters is clutch well you and know, a clutch, lot of clutch runs the lakers a lot of pissed off season ticket holders too that did not pay a lot of money to see a frankly not very good lakers team yeah <laughs> you know I mean that I'm no, sure, they, you, and they haven't been good defense. We we all could could have predicted that they wouldn't be good defensively, but like, they haven't been actually their, nearly as bad defensively as they have been offensively. Uh I don't know about that. I mean, the Lakers' defense is actually not as terrible as it's pretty bad. It's not that bad, eg. I mean, it's, just in terms of pure rating. I don't care about rating. I talk about watching watching them play. <laughs> They're a bad defensive team. Well, that that's fair. <laughs> They're still towards the bottom. They they give up a hundred and almost hundred and fourteen points a game. And they score hundred and twelve. Yeah. So let me. I'm 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 pulling up their defensive rating here. So okay. they are what is it, defensive rating twelfth of thirty. In terms in NBA pace adjusted defensive rating and offensive rating, they're twenty first to thirty, which you know, given their record twenty eight and twenty eight, that's right about where those rankings would put you. You know, they've actually right. played a. They also played a. They played a month without LeBron, who doesn't yeah. really play defense and plays a lot of offense. So guaranteed, <laughs> yeah. those numbers would be flipped had LeBron LeBron played the last six weeks before the last two games. Absolutely, and the funny thing is. Um, that the nat it, it's like national media is just discovering that LeBron doesn't play defense in the regular season. <laughs> like we've all known it for the last three years, three four years, and yet now well, it's like it didn't matter when yeah. they were going to the finals every year. Absolutely, right? yeah. Now that it's like, hey, the Lakers might not make the playoffs, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah, because now all of a sudden, if he chooses that route, they're not going to make the playoffs. He's going to have to play regular season defense to get the Lakers to the playoffs this year. Yeah. The problem is, is I'm not sure that team, they seem so in turmoil right now. I'm not sure it can happen. I mean, I mean, just since LeBron came back, they've given up the last three games. They've given up 136 to the Pacers, <laughs> 128 to the Celtics and 143 to the Sixers. And, that's not a good defensive team. I'm sorry. No, no, I agree with you. And the funny thing is, is the Pacers and the Celtics are teams that struggle to score points, you know, at times. <laughs> yeah. They even gave up 120 to the Clippers in LeBron's first game back after yeah. five weeks off. Yeah, he's going to ha- he's gonna have to play offense. And then, you know, they have all sorts of weird things. Like every- nobody could understand why they started Reggie Bullock the day after Ray John Rondo hit a game-winning shot, you know, it's, it's just odd things. It, it's just, it's fantastically chaotic. Well, I'll tell you why, because LeBron said trade for Reggie Bullock, and if LeBron says trade for Reggie Bullock, he's going to say, well, then play Reggie Bullock. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm not arguing with you. Just say, like, we, it's not a secret. We've, we've lived through 11 of the past 15 years oh, like I know. this, where I know. LeBron says... 
hey, this is what I want, and guess what? That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, whether or not it's the smartest move that you know the no, Cubs could make. Frequently, so. is not the smartest move. It's frequently the worst move. <laughs> but it's go, the move. Go get me Rodney Hood. <laughs> well, seriously, I mean, yeah. well, I don't think he said that, but I, no, I don't think you he know. did either. But but he definitely he said, had give guys me a guy that. Dead isn't going to have his toe on the line every time he shoots a three. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Okay. No, I, I, I just, look, I think, I think Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka have no idea what they're doing, <laughs> which is why they're susceptible to Clutch say, and, Le, and by extension LeBron saying, this is what needs to happen. And yeah. they've been following that script, and now they've realized that in following that script, they've they've almost ruined the team. So, yeah. Cuz honestly, like it's laughable that Magic made such a big deal about we're not going to do it like the Cavs did. We're not going to put a bunch of three-point shooters around LeBron. Well, guess what? That's kind of what you need to do <laughs> to, to score effectively. Like Kyle Kuzma's a good three-point shooter. Like you, you should keep Kyle Kuzma. You know? He's like a He's a he's the he's like a no defense version of Clay Clay Thompson, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, great. So, what are you gonna you know? So Bullock makes sense bringing him in, but at the expense of sending, you know, sending Zubac to you know yeah, to the Clippers. Was, well, the funny thing was it was the defense I heard was they well they had to get rid of Michael Beasley. He's but I just cut him. That's what I was saying. It's like you're the Lakers. You have, you have all the money him? in the world. Yeah. Maybe that's something to do with capology or whatever they No, wanted. it just seemed like that was like the easiest excuse at the moment when somebody right. asked him about it. Right. But yeah, if no. all the moves, none of the moves they make make any sense. No. And you look at the, the general the general consensus around what it seemed like around the NBA was people just like, Yeah, we don't we're not going to the Lakers. We're not gonna go be we're going to be second fiddle or third fiddle to uh, about to be 30, what, five-year-old LeBron next yeah. year? Well, and yeah. the, the hard, other... Hard pass, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the other kind of crazy thing was, did you hear the story that, uh, what was it, uh, Magic wanted Darren Fox, but Genie talked him into Lonzo Ball? <laughs> like, yeah, just... what, what is that? I mean, it's just. <laughs> I I mean, I it's believable, which is the funny thing about it. But I don't even know if I believe it. I I would believe more that that that's just the spin they've put on it now to oh. make magic to make magic look semi coherent. <laughs> yeah, because boy, that looks like a whiff. And and I even I don't think Lonzo Ball is a lost cause as a player. I think he's a very flawed player, but he definitely has skills. I think he's in the absolute think wrong about- mark. Think mm-hmm. about how just think about how that how bad that draft is now at yeah. the top. When you go Markel Fultz one, who probably who may not play in the NBA again. Yeah, Alonzo Ball, who's you know like you said a, a de- at best a deeply flawed player. So yeah, I mean the Celtics look like geniuses for taking Tatum at three. Yeah, and then yeah, I, that was a weird draft. Let me go. I'm gonna go look at that draft <laughs> <laughs> because. Yeah, it was. Oh, that was seventeen. Sorry. Yeah. Well, eighteen's the one we're on now, right? Yeah. The... Exactly. Sorry, right. I had my. It was like I just. Uh, I was writing two thousand eighteen on my check still. 
you know, and then Josh Jackson does not look good for Phoenix right now. Very hit or miss, and advanced analytics hates him. Let, let me see what Josh Jackson's shooting. It hasn't been good as ever, as far as everything I've seen. Remember when, when there was all that, that hype about how Phoenix would never trade Josh Jackson yeah. and Bledsoe for, you know, for uh, Kevin Love or Kyrie or whatever. Yeah. It's like, or, the, or the Cavs pick. It's like, Yeah, I, meanwhile, I Josh Jackson <laughs> is shooting 30% from three and is scoring 11 points a game and doesn't really do anything well. Um, and it's funny because their best wing right now um, is looking like uh, – it's going to be Macal Bridges because right. he's been sneaky, really good uh, for them well, in limited minutes. Yeah. So no, Macal Macal Bridges should have been a sixer, and the Sixers f that up. <laughs> they really looked dumb. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad trade. Yeah, and then so yeah, Jonathan Isaac, who's doing? Oh no, he's actually playing pretty well for Orlando. I just picked him up in fantasy. <laughs> and well, then, huh? Because they ditched, cause they they got rid of a few guys, right? Um, who did they get rid of? So what was? Oh, they got rid of um, Simmons, right? For Simmons. Markel Fultz. Yep, for Markel Fultz. And uh, but Isaac was playing well before that. Then Laurie Markinen, who looks very good for the Bulls. Uh, Nikintla, <laughs> Frenchy long arms. No way, man. That guy's gonna be. In, that guy's gonna be playing. No, no, no. In I'm not. Europe, I'm, I'm not arguing for him. I'm just saying he was picked eight and doesn't look very. I good can't so wait far. till. I can't wait till Ben Worth plays him in a pickup game in, <laughs> in Strasburg. Yeah, Strasburg in like two years. Yeah, um, Dennis Smith Jr., who looks very pedestrian. Um, he really didn't look good tonight. No, he looked like just another guy out there. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean it. Th- that draft falls off pretty quick after that. Well, Zach, Fox, Zach Collins Fox looks pretty good, huh? Where was Darren Fox? Darren Fox was uh, five. He looks very good. Yeah, he yeah. was fifth pick. He might be the second pick in that draft now, right? Uh, I the redraft. I think he might go number one. I would think over Tatum. Possibly, yeah. Darren no Fox way. looks really good, and Tatum looks like a prima donna. <laughs> Well, he looks like a prima donna now, but yeah. I don't. I think that's only I mean, a lot of that speculation. I think I, I still take Tatum. He's a he's a better. I don't know. I think I I, I think I take I like Fox. I mean, around. Fox looks really good. Uh, seventeen point seven assists, shooting thirty six percent from three and forty six percent from the field. Uh, leading that Tatum's team great defensively though too. Huh? Tatum, yeah, Tatum is great defensively, but yeah. But uh, Fox is not bad, and he is really, really fast. Um, I like Fox as a player. I I liked him better than Ball when they came out. I didn't understand, like, especially when they played them in the uh, tournament, and Fox just completely killed him. Yeah. I mean, that was like, to me, it was like, why would you draft Ball over that guy? Because they got got caught up in the hype and the whole magic genie dynamic. So <laughs> there you go. And then Zach Collins, Malik Monk, Luke Kennard, Donovan Mitchell, obviously a really good player. Bam Adebayo, who everybody says is the future of Miami, but he just seems like another guy that can dunk for me. You know? Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, that's true. Donovan Mitchell would have to be top three in yeah. the redraft. Yeah. Um, 
Justin Jackson, Justin Patton, DJ Wilson, TJ Leaf, who I can't stand. DJ Wilson, DJ Wilson's actually looked pretty good for Milwaukee. I haven't watched him a ton. He's pretty I mean, solid. At least when the when the Cavs played him, I was like, "Geez, that guy gets up." Yeah, and TJ Leaf is the guy that like seems to always score like a dozen points on the Cavs every game. Yeah, and then I cannot believe that the Hawks got John Collins at nineteen. I mean, oh, I know that He's guy looks that guy looks like an absolute steal. <laughs> yep, he's probably he's top three too. Wow, yeah. man, that gets crowded after after yeah. a minute. But I mean, it also goes to show you. I mean, aside from the drafts, where um, there's a clear number one. Yeah, like this year, it'll be Zion. But you can get really good players later in the draft. You sure. just have to draft well. You know, Kyle yeah. Kuzma, twenty-seven, great pick for the twenty-seventh pick. You know, yeah. <laughs> I wish the Cavs had taken him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Dylan Brooks playing well for Houston. Yeah. Or not Houston, uh, Memphis. You know, Kadeem yeah. Allen tonight, 53rd pick. So, yeah. you know, yeah. J- Jaron Blossom game, 59th pick. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, Monte Morris? Is he, was he last year or this year? Um, I don't for know. For the, the Nuggets, the point guard? Let me see. Monte Morris was 2017 51st pick. So, yeah, yeah, it was that same draft. Yep. That dude's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You talk about a team that's drafted well, Denver. I mean, he's tonight against the the Heat. He's got 17 points and seven assists off the bench in 26 minutes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to me anymore... It's like you have a very top tier of guys, and then all these drafts are really deep, and there's a lot of hits and a lot of misses. Yeah, that's I mean, good. Yeah, Harry Giles is a guy that a lot of people are saying that uh, Sacramento is talented, but they may have to move because they just don't have the minutes for him. Uh, because right. um, my boy uh, from uh, Duke, Mark Bagley. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Bagley's going to be... I think this draft, the top three of this draft, is going to be really good for a long time. And um, I liked Bagley. I, I was surprised that people kind of bagged on Bagley at the... at the. the I liked Bagley, too. I, I didn't quite get it. I think the one thing was he didn't have super long arms, but not everything is wingspan. He's, he's no Frenchy long arms. He's no Frenchy long arms. There you go. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, they, yeah, that was a really good draft, and this year's draft is there's seems like there's a lot of good players in it, and you know, let's talk about Colin Sexton for a minute. I sure. I've been impressed with him the last few games. Yeah, uh, he's, he's been seems, much more aggressive. He seems like he's growing. Yeah, no, he's he's like we said, we, he's been switching up his his dribble speeds. He's been it seems like he's got a better first step. Um, he seems to at least not be confused all the time with what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been aggressive, attacking the rim more. As soon as he learns how to use his body a little bit better, he's gonna start getting, he's gonna start getting more foul calls. And he's gonna get to the line more, and he's he should because he's a really good free throw shooter. So, and when he starts getting angles a little better, he's gonna be even better. Like I feel like he comes in at too steep of an angle sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, he's he. But what really I like, you can tell the other guys on the team like him. Um, I think Larry Nance and other players really frustrated with the minutes he got early because they didn't really feel like he earned them. Right. But it was nice to see him get that dunk tonight and everybody rooting for him. 
Yeah. You know, that that was to me like the highlight of the game because it showed, hey, even though the team kind of resents him a little bit, he is a guy with a good attitude. He defers to the vets. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's good chemistry on the Cavs, even though they lose a lot. Like, it doesn't feel like a to- uh, toxic culture, you know? No. It never feels no. like a death march like it did at times <laughs> last year. Well, you know? and because the it's the same thing we, we kind of go back to, it, the two-word answer is LeBron James. Like, oh, yeah. when you've got the best player in the game, or arguably the best player in the game, in his about to enter his, begin the descent into his twilight years, you don't want to have roster upheaval and, you know, and, and guys that, that are mismatched parts. You want to have, you want to have everybody pulling together. You want to have, you know, some, some team dynamic and, and the ability, I mean, they, they found it every year. They found it even last year with, with as bad as the middle of the season was once they, once Kobe and Dan pulled off the trades they sort of at least showed LeBron, like, look, we 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 th- we believe in a- enough to bring some of these guys that could potentially help, and ship out guys can't. And I think that energized him for the stretch run in the playoffs. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, to me, as bad as LeBron and the Lakers have been, at, well, LeBron hasn't been bad, at least offensively. I still think they're going to make the playoffs because I watched that, and maybe I'm putting too much stock in one game, but. That game against the Boston game, Boston. I mean, they looked energized, you know, well, and, after they got down by 19. Yeah. But I also think it's a matter of, you know, Boston may not be that good anyway, but I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I just, I don't think LeBron James, he's too smart and too good of a player to, you know, let them lose unless he just decides he doesn't want to be in the playoffs. Well, and that's really the, that's the question. That is the question. It's, Does he want to be in the playoffs how, and just lose to the Golden Warriors State in, the first, in the first round? Yeah. Which is what's going to happen if they may. Here's the thing. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the standings right now, right? And you got Golden State's pretty much going to be number 1. I don't see the only team that could get past them at this point is is the Nuggets. Maybe Oklahoma, OKC, but it doesn't feel like it. Like Paul George is playing out of his mind right now, and, and but and as also, good as he's playing, Russ is not having his typical good. I mean, his shots broken. I know, Russ. but he's still doing everything else really well. Like, of course, but he's not scoring no, no, twenty five thirty yeah. a game anymore. He's scoring like he's scoring like fifteen to twenty a game, but still getting double digit rebounds and assists. Yeah, and so his passing's been off the charts. Yeah, no, he's he's been good in that, but he he's not the clutch shooter, and he still wants no. to take the clutch shots, and that's yeah. the problem. But I, know, I mean, look, they're they're good. Denver's good, but the Warriors are on a different level. I mean, you know, they they haven't they've only just gotten back to full strength with <laughs> with their all with their all NBA starting five. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I look at that and I say, okay, the Lakers have the Lakers have the the Clippers are two games up on them. 
and the Kings are two games up on them, and they're tied for the sort of tied for the eighth spot right now. Yeah, and the Spurs are seventh. Yeah, Spurs are seventh because they've lost their last four. Yeah, but I expect. I mean, and then know, they got the, Spurs, the Mavs and the T Wolves nipping at their heels. Yeah, and the I think both of those teams got. I mean, the Mavs. I mean, I, I, unless Singer somehow comes back this year, I don't, I don't see them making it. But they've, they've been pretty, been pretty good with their, their young core. Well, and I think uh, shipping out Smith actually helps them. So, yeah, and the the Wolves won a big game against the Clippers tonight. I mean, look, the Clippers clearly look like they want to get back in the lottery, so they don't have to give up their pick to Boston. Yeah, I was really surprised they didn't move more people uh, to to accomplish that, but. Well, they moved their arguably their biggest star in Harris because mm-hmm. he was the only guy outside of Lou Williams that was that was really you know that that could do a lot of damage because I think Gallo's been hurt most yeah. of the year and you know they moved Bobin too because he's a package deal with Harris. So. <laughs> and they call him for... Toby, Toby and Bobby, isn't that their thing? Did you, did you see the dan- the Boban Marjanovic yeah. dance video? Yeah. Wasn't that fantastic? It's hilarious. <laughs> and but, Jimmy Butler coming in at the end was the best part. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. The Lakers have to get past the Kings. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. Kings have been playing really well. Absolutely. And yeah. And and the Spurs are right there, too. And do you really think the Spurs are going to... Although the Spurs have just been absolutely snake bit with injuries. Yeah. I mean, I think the Spurs are going to be fine. I think Utah is going to be fine. I think Houston's going to Houston will wind up probably top three. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a real struggle just to get to that eighth spot, and it's going to depend on whether or not. All depends on how far they go with because now I'm looking at their schedule. They got the Hawks next. That should be a win for them. Um, for the Lakers, I mean, so they got, that's their last game before the, for the, the All-Star. All-Star break. Yep. But coming out of the All-Star break, it's, man, it's interesting because <laughs> they got, they got a game against Houston. That's the TNT game, but then they've got two out of the next three games are against New Orleans, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is ironic. Yeah. They got Memphis, but then they got. Um, and, and you think that crowd in, uh, in they will they will show up in New Orleans just to root against the Lakers? Oh yeah, <laughs> I still think the Lakers will probably win yeah. at least one of those games. But at Memphis is never an easy game. Um, and then they've got Milwaukee. The Bucks should thrash them. Yeah, even even in L.A. at Phoenix, probably probably an easy win. And then the Clippers are trying to lose now, so that's an easy win. But then, then it's then it's Denver and Boston, uh, a break against Chicago. But then on the road at Toronto and Detroit, those would be tough games. No, New- they need to rip off a a nice stretch of those games where they only have where they go like eight and two. Yeah, you know, it, to really kind of get them back into the mix. Because if they don't, they they could be done. That I think you're right. I think that. Next few games is absolutely crucial for him coming out of the All-Star break. So hopefully that energy, I mean, not hopefully, I mean, hopefully for them. I don't really yeah. have a stake in the game, but 
I find I'd say this. I'd say this. Unless they're unless they I think they'll drop the Houston game, but really unless unless they beat Atlanta and at least win, and win at least one or two of the the three against New Orleans and Memphis, by the time they hit Milwaukee March 1st, if you're looking at if you're if they're sub 500, then I don't know. It's, yeah, they they a, they, they can't be sub 500 then. That, that's that's what I'm saying. They've they've got to. Then you've got then you've got 20 games left, and you got to go, you got to go like, you know, 15 and five yeah. to make the, just to get the eighth seed. Yeah, and no, that's why this next stretch out of the All Star break is make or break for them. Yeah. So. And and it will be interesting because I do think you're still going to see some more buyouts. Um, you know, coming, let's hope coming. they add. Let's hope they add Mello. That'd be awesome. Uh, it'd just be fantastic, and maybe DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, New York is not going to give DeAndre Jordan twenty three million dollars to walk away, and DeAndre is not going to take a penny less than twenty three million dollars. He'll yeah. just hang out and play his 24 minutes a night in New York and yeah. leave in the off season. You could very well be right. Right. So um, in the East, <laughs> we've got, um, you know, the Nets are in there at six, at six and six. And then you've got kind of a four-way race for the last two, actually a five-way race if you include the Wizards for the last two spots um, with the Hornets, Pistons, Heat, Magic, Wizards and Hawks and not Hawks and, and Wizards. Um, I don't think the Wizards are going to get there, but the way Bradley Man, is playing you and know. Bobby freaking Portis <laughs> and Bobby freaking Portis, dude, I picked him up. That that dude, I'm telling you, I thought that dude was talented in Chicago. I know he's got a bad rap because he broke uh, Miritich's jaw last year. Yeah, but, but from by all the, accounts, Miritich he's got the crazy eyes. Man, he knows Frodo he knows eyes. how to. He does, but he knows how to shoot, man. That guy is a big man. He knows how to shoot. And who's the other guy they got? Oh, uh, Jabari Parker looked amazing when the Cavs played him. But well, that's the problem with Jabari Parker. Offensively, he did. Yeah, Jabari Parker is a a turnstile on defense, but that's okay as long as he's scoring twenty points a game. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, he is very mellow. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he reminds yeah. me a lot of mellow. Mellow light, uh, except. He's not as good of an outside shooter as Melo. Yeah, he's probably a little bit better in the post, but yeah. But it's a decent cop, but like he, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it feels like the Hornets, Pistons, and Heat are just, and maybe the Magic, I don't know, depending on what happens. I just don't feel like the Magic have that, they don't have a closer. No. They got, they mean, got Vooch, they got Vooch is solid. And they, they actually got Terrence, start DJ Augustine, which is insane. Well, why when Terrence Ross comes off the bench and yeah. he's like their Lou Williams, like he's just yeah rips it up. But I don't know why. Yeah, why don't they start? Why don't they start? There's uh, a guy who's going to make himself a lot of money this off season. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. because there because, are more teams with money this off season again than there are talented players. <laughs> yeah, I could see though. I could see the Wizards just pulling off a, a nice little run here with some of the the players they have now. Well, and I mean, if you look at that list, the best player. On, of those teams is Bradley Beal, and it's not close. Well, you know, and how how bad do you feel if you're John Wall? If you're the team that you're, you're gone for, you're basically gone for two seasons, and mm-hmm. 
your team makes the playoffs because yeah. <laughs> you're gone the now. The same thing is the year that he comes back, I think his contract is around $40 million, which is insane. So, Man. Yeah. Well, unless they're going to build around Beal, I would expect Beal to, to be one of those guys that – I think that they're going to build around continue. Beal. I think they're going to do everything they can to build around Beal and just write off Wall. Well, does he does he still have a decent contract? Did he just resign? Did he just sign a second deal? Didn't he? Um, I think he's got a couple years left. Beal, uh, three yeah, three years left, and his his this year's salary was twenty five and a half. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, Beal to me has been playing the best of any of those. Uh, the best of any of those guys on any of those teams. So, yeah, but Bill strikes Bill strikes me as the guy that he's the next. Like in a year, he's the star saying, "Like I don't want to be in Washington. I want to yeah. trade me to trade me to LA. You know, <laughs> yeah. L- well, L.A. But if he signs from, with Clutch, <laughs> he won't sign. Well, maybe yeah. he will. Yeah, although no, I think I don't know why any of this stuff would be. Well, I don't know why why this trade deadline would be a a, a resounding reason to to sign with Clutch. I mean, no, yeah, it, it certainly seems as if it blew up in their faces. All they all they did was cost Anthony their client fifty grand, right? Well, that and a lot of playing time. And so, what's your take on the you know the playing time situation where the NBA is basically told the the Pelicans. If you don't play him, we're going to fine you $100,000 a game. Well, I think I'm of two minds about it because from a from a, a Pelicans management and ownership perspective, you, you've got a player who's said outright, I'm not going to re-sign here. I don't want to be here. If I would have preferred you trade me to Los Angeles before the, before the trade deadline passed. So clearly you've got a guy who A, doesn't want to be there, and B um, has an injury history. Has an injury history. So if he gets if he gets hurt, you're screwed because you can't mm-hmm. get anything. For, you can't get anything for him then. So from that perspective, I'd say, well, look, this team's got a lot of money at stake, and not just a, mo- a lot of money, but they're basically their franchise at stake, right? Because absolutely, they're the they're the smallest market in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they they have a hard time filling the new arena they just built. I'm sure they have real money problems. I mean, they were owned by the the NBA there for a couple of years. So, yeah. I, I, I from that point, I'd be sympathetic. Where I'd be like, yeah, look, that's the that's the investment that you have. Why would you risk that investment? But on the flip side, you've got the fans, all the people that paid to see Anthony Davis yeah. in 41 games this year. Um, you know, or fans in other cities that that bought. Maybe their team's tickets for the games that Anthony Davis is coming because they were excited about that, and that deprives those fans of of what they bought. Now, granted, injury would do the same thing, right? And you can't predict mm-hmm. injury, right. and so in some from some respects, this is in, falls into that same category, which is where he's not injured, but we are protecting him against injuries because he is <laughs> oft oft injured and. If and basically you're saying to your fans like, look, bear with us because we know it sucks that you couldn't watch Anthony Davis play like you half the year like you wanted to see. But if he gets hurt, either you won't have a team at all to watch because this team will, this franchise will fold and get moved to Seattle or or Las Vegas or somewhere else like that, or 
we're gonna if we even if we stick around, we're not gonna have any assets for Anthony Davis. This is gonna be a scrub team for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Well, the so, other side of that is if I'm the team, I say, what is the difference between this and the coach benching any player that he wants to bench? Sure. You know, I, if if Mello doesn't get to play with Houston, why do we have to play Anthony Davis? You know, what, yeah. what you know, I realize Anthony Davis is a really good player, but how does the NBA dictate who I can and can't play? Yeah. You know. Well, because they're the NBA and they they are all about TV ratings and that's why they well, and as, it's already and in a it's way, already gone down. Yeah. Yeah, but it's already suffered this year. Yeah. Because LeBron's no longer in well, the East. and there's a ton of players that are not – like, how many players on teams right now are being paid to sit? You know, you got J.R. Smith. You've got um, – Yeah, let's J.R. Smith. I mean, to be honest, come on. Well, no, you got J.R. Smith. you got Carmelo Anthony. You've got Anthony Davis. You've got uh, Brandon Knight. You know, <laughs> you've got guys on huge contracts that don't play. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. The reason why – and we were going to touch on this before, and I think – this is the reason, because I've heard this other places too, is that when LeBron was in the East, LeBron was must-see. He was, I mean, the Cavs had how many yeah. games televised last year nationally? Almost yeah. half of them. So, when and but when you're in the East, you're on at 7 o'clock yep. in the East and 4 o'clock in the West. So, you know, people are coming home at halftime of, of the games that start at 7 o'clock in the East out West, so you've got good viewership if, if how many how many people in the east are going to stay up until 10 10 30 at night and all the way till you know 1 a.m when they got work the next day watching lebron james play because half the games are in half the games are in la and then a third of the remain the remaining games are on the west coast on west coast time so well and look at Conversely, the East. Who are the three best teams in the East? Milwaukee, the Raptors, yeah. and the Pacers. Like yeah. literally, smallest of the small markets. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Raptors are the literally the worst American NBA market. <laughs> right, because they're not even in America. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and then you know the Pacers are, I would say, after New Orleans, probably the second smallest market or one yeah, of them. Yeah. yeah. And then the Bucks. I, I mean, can't be much bigger. They do pull a little bit of the Chicago market, but yeah, I mean, they're not. A big market either so yeah. that that certainly hurts you and you got the sixers and and celtics and nets but yeah i mean you're gonna have a hard time and you're too yeah, all your yeah and all your marquee matchups are yeah. when you want we want to show the lakers playing the rockets or the yeah. or okc or the warriors then you know you're like well you're gonna miss your half the country's tuned out by then or watching you know watching jimmy fallon so yeah. and then you've got the yeah and then yeah, you've got the Rockets and Warriors and Thunder, and yeah, those are your biggest draws, and they're all out west. Yeah, so that's been the. I think that's the problem. But to get back to the the what we we're talking about, which is, I don't think the I don't think it's right that the NBA should get to dictate that. I think they're falling back on their on their um, you know, the rules of like, hey, we can't allow teams to tank or. We can't allow stars to sit. Remember that that game in L.A. when when LeBron, Kevin, and and Kyrie all sat. And yeah, Cavs lost by like twenty. To, or to the, the famous Spurs game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, DNP old like. <laughs> but 
what the NBA should be, I think the NBA should be more, um, I think they're being a little nearsighted on this because they don't want to open the can of worms of owners sitting players when they, when they don't appreciate the way they comport themselves and soap opera that's become the off the court, uh, stories in the NBA now, but well, and I think the converse of that is if you are sitting there threatening to find the Pelicans a hundred thousand dollars a day, yet you only gave Anthony Davis and his agent a fifty thousand dollar fine for tampering. At, like I think you you want to you want to find if make it a five percent pay doc. Uh, your five percent of your yearly salary, if you request a trade, you know, so all of a sudden that's a, a few million dollars. That 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 becomes a little different, right? You know, but but this has only happened once, really once before with Kyrie, right? Um, there was Kyrie. There have been others in the past. I mean, uh, not to this degree, though. Not Kobe. to this degree where they've said that I'm well, not going to sign. Those were all before the days of social media, where everything got thrown into a, an amplifier. Kobe. Kobe made threats, but he never, but he never made ultimatums. Yeah, well, there was like Kobe. Kobe was always good about overt things. Well, like Melo, I know was trying to get out of out of Denver, right? <laughs> yeah, that was the other one. Yeah, but for the most part, this is a newer thing that's happened, so it's something they'd have to take up at the next collective bargaining. Well, and the other so, thing that you saw was guys, you know, in the last year, their deal wanting to be traded. This is like guys that signed max contracts and still have like two years left on their contract asking for wanting trades. And that's the thing that, yeah. that bugs me, which I guess is, the big one before this was Vince Carter was the big one, I guess. But I, I just look at it and say, like based on what you just said, which is, Hey, look, you signed the big deal. No one forced you to do that. Oh yeah. You sat down, you made that decision. You signed the big deal. Honor the deal. Well, oh, absolutely. And, and, if, and if you're and if you're in the last year of your deal, and you're saying I'm not going to resign with you, I think on some level they talked them like Clutch and and AD talked themselves into. Well, we're actually doing the Pelicans a favor because <laughs> they could now trade me with, you know, yeah, with they can two get year, more for me. They can get more for me because I still have two years left on my deal, and and that's that might be attractive to more teams, even though I'm kind of making it known that I'm not I'm not going to sign anywhere else but LA but that's you know that's their that's their soft cushion landing because to be fair if you said that in the in the final year of your deal they would have been they absolutely would have traded him for whatever they could have gotten to the Lakers because why not like you're just going to lose him for nothing in the summer yeah well, Unless it's, it's, it's interesting you have a very similar take to the sports guy who who finds this whole situation to be, uh, you know, the worst thing that ever, as with everything with the sports guy, the worst thing that ever happened to the to the league. I, but. I don't know if it's the worst thing that ever happened because, you know, as we've talked before on here, like the cap smoothing was maybe was right up there. And, you know, and and uh, I, I think. Look, the NBA is certainly the most progressive league when it comes to free agency and moving around. There's no indentured servitude like there is in baseball where you have to play 7 years before you before you can even go to arbitration, you know, arbitration. Well, you can go to arbitration, but you can't. You can be on a, a minor league deal forever and, you know, you you wind up playing you wind up playing 7 to 10 years with a franchise before you even get a chance to move somewhere. And then football, which is you know, 
such a an unforgiving sport that contracts really can't be much longer than you know than it's all about the signing bonus it's all yeah because it's all about because nothing's that's the only guaranteed money you get yeah yeah but so in the nba where you know there's fewer players there's you know the players have a lot more power and they've negotiated a lot more power over the last few years so the way they've traded you know basketball related income for power you know yeah most cases, like how, what three guys have taken this the supermax? Yeah, well, and BRI just you know they've gone from a fifty three percent split to fifty percent split in the last two CBAs, but they've you know traded that for you know leverage and you know ability to you know play and yeah. go where they want to go. So, but I think you'll see like this is the kind of stuff that that will break the league ultimately. Because if you've got guys saying, I don't want to play where it's cold, or I don't want to play where the market's not big enough for me to be satisfied yeah. with what I want to do with my interests beyond just basketball, then, which has always been, you know, it's been an issue really for the last, off and on for the last 20 years about guys. It was always the argument why people thought LeBron would leave Cleveland the first time right. was that well, Cleveland's not big enough for him. And we always tried to make the, you know, like the Warren Buffett argument where it's like, yeah, he can be, everyone in the world knows LeBron. He can be as, as much of a star in Cleveland as he can be anywhere else. And that's true until LeBron wants to have a production company and wants to, wants to be a producer on multiple TV shows and movies. And then it's kind of becomes a lot harder to do that from Cleveland in the off season, then you have to have houses in both places and you got to move your family around a lot. And, you know, I, I'm sure on some level, this is always kind of the plan for LeBron. I, I'm sure. But I mean, I don't know. There's, there's, I think part of the problem is everybody thinks they're LeBron when that they're not, you know, there, there's a handful of guys in this league that should have, or, that should have this kind of leverage. And there's a lot more that think they should have that kind of leverage that just, you know, aren't in that situation. But right. I mean, I, I find it really interesting. Did you hear the article about how, I mean, just kind of the delusions of some NBA players are really, to me, very, and I think it's a professional athlete thing. And anybody who's in the entertainment issue industry and kind of anywhere, one where you have to have an irrational level of confidence sure. to be good at what you do is you, you have to have in some ways some self delusion. Um, it, it's just interesting to me that, like, would you hear that, uh, KD thought that when they won the championship, he'd be viewed as the best player in the world. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> which to me is hilarious because he's not even the best player on his own team, arguably. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like you know that level of of delusion is is seems very common in pro sports and you know entertainment and yeah. and politics. <laughs> you know, it's the. Um... Yeah, it's the cult of personality. It's the oh, absolutely. It's what happens when, especially in, especially I, I hate to say it, but with with the culture being what it is now, we live in an age of where social media is pervasive and it and amplifies everything. You know, everything, yeah. everything, and and it's and the the me first look at me sort of attitude is is only 
progressive, and the NBA is the pinnacle of that from oh, a yeah. sports from, from a, a sports, sports world. Standpoint. Yeah, because I mean, probably the only guys thing... guys don't have to wear helmets. Yeah, they don't have to even wear batting batting hats and caps. So <clears throat> they're inherently recognizable. There's only, I mean, what there's thirty there's thirty teams and there's and about uh, 450 guys in the league, give or take. Yeah, I mean that's. You know that's 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 tiny in comparison to most sports. So yeah. you look at that and you're like, well, you know, and the and the base salary, like there isn't anybody who's playing in the NBA that's not on a two way deal that's making less. What's the what's the minimum now? Like one point two, something like no, that. No, no, no. It's in like it's like three eighty or something. But the vet it goes up the higher, like a rookie free agent is like three eighty. And then up to a vet is 1.2. Right. It depends on your years of service, what your NBA minimum salary is. Right. But again, unless you're a, a second round on a second round rookie contract or, or a two way player, a G League player, chances are you're more often, more often than not, you're making a million dollars. You're making in, seven figures. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's guys at the bottom, right? And guys at yeah. the top, guys at the top are making 40 million a year on, so, on top of endorsements. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's only going to get worse from here. <laughs> Probably. It's only going to get more about big cities or markets like in like Florida, Texas with warm weather and and tax breaks that you know from here. So it's going to be hard for the league to sustain unless they you know, unless they really start to address collective bargaining and and um, compensation for for things like what's happening now with with Anthony Davis. Yeah, and and you can say all you want about the NFL, but the one thing that they've been able to do better than any other sports league is make every team feel as if they have an equal and fair shot. Competitive balance outside the outside the Patriots, everybody's yeah. got a shot. Well, there's only one Bill Belichick, so. I mean, and and that's the interesting thing to me is, and and it's why it's hard in the NBA because there is only one LeBron James. You know, there is only one Kevin Durant. There's only a certain select set of, you know, quote unquote star players. And so I'm going to say something that's going to be wildly unpopular right now. Okay. I would rather not get Zion Williamson. Okay. Because I'd rather not have Zion Williamson say in in four or five years, I don't want to play in Cleveland. I want to go to New York. I want to go to L.A. I'd rather have the second or third best guy who isn't looking to be that guy and just wants to be wants to be a really good player on it or a really good piece of a, of a team that that will will stick around. Yeah, I don't know enough about Zion William and his, Williamson and his personality to know, you know, where that is. I mean, obviously, what you're telling me is you want Tim Duncan. Yes, <laughs> you want Tim Duncan. You want um, you want the guy that Larry Nance seems to be. Yeah, you know, I I get what you're saying. Um, I don't know enough about any any of those guys to make. I've that seen judgment. enough quotes quotes from Zion about, hey, it'd be great to play. In New York with with Katie and Kyrie, like, and granted, <laughs> someone might have might have put those words in his yeah, mouth. That, that sounds like a setup, the way yeah. they were yeah. the way they were asking the question. But 
Look, Zion Williamson's the, the everyone talks about. You, if you say Zion, you know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Even people out that don't know about basketball, you're like, oh yeah, it's that guy that plays for guy that plays for Duke, right? So I, I don't know. I, I I look at that and I'm like, a certain level of that has to kind of go. Here. I mean, look, I could be dead wrong, and I, I like you said, I'd have to do more research about who he is. But honestly, like if you're the number one pick in the draft and you're that talented on a one and done deal at Duke. The chances of you wanting to play your entire your entire career in a small market in in a cold weather city is probably not great. It, it's an interesting take. I'll, I'll give it that. I I will say the other side of that is, you know, I want the guy, and I've always wanted the guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder and fights all the time and feels like an underdog. You know. You know, I think that's what resonates with so many people about Baker Mayfield, you know. Um, sure. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But that's the that's the kind of that's the kind of player he is. That's the kind of person he's presented himself as. Right. And or, you know, or my favorite player, Matthew Delavadova, you know, guys that just kind of play with that edge and and want to be one of the underdogs. So I don't know. Yeah, but but Delhi's a guy that he's I'm sure he's counts himself fortunate every day of his life that he plays in the in the NBA. Oh yeah, no. I mean like the it's only not reason like he's, he's in the anything NBA, he's not taking anything for granted. Well yeah, I know. The only reason he's in the NBA is because he played with uh Mike Brown's kid at San at uh Santa Clara. <laughs> or was it San St. Mary's. Yeah, St. Mary's. Yeah, I mean it's it's just insane that so, yeah, I mean, it's the full spectrum. Like, here's the so. thing. So it's just I'm just looking at, at William, Zion's uh, Wikipedia page, right? So, so he, so I didn't even remember this, but on so a year ago, almost a little over a year ago, on January 20th, 2018, in a live telecast on ESPN, Williamson committed to Duke, with his other top choices being Clemson, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, and South Carolina, right? So he and had a live commitment on ESPN. A live commitment on ESPN. Like the decision. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe he he is all about the hype. I don't know. I I kind of am just going to let the pieces fall where they may and see what happens. Sure. All I'm saying is, if you have the choice between, hey, you can have Zion Williamson for five years, and he'll be. He'll be awesome, right? But he's definitely going to leave in five years and go to New York or L.A. or or Miami or wherever you know wherever he wherever he chooses to play. Versus a guy like say, let's you know say like a like a John Morant or a you know Cam Reddish or someone like that who's like really good player. Maybe he's not ever going to be as good as Williamson. Probably won't be. But you know that dude. You'll pay him commensurate, and he he wouldn't care where he plays. He just loves loves the game of basketball and will play for your team, and you know, be a be a a guy that you'd want to have on your team for you know for years. I'd be a, I'd be a tough choice, but yeah, I mean, the one thing you got to say about that is no one in the NBA who's been offered a rookie max 
has ever not taken it. And, you know, Kristop Porzingis yes. is the one yes. guy, you know, kind of hinting that he might not be, but I think that's all a big game. Um, although, and I think that's a little bit what Bill Simmons is talking about is now guys are taking the money and then saying, Oh, I don't want to play here, which to me is, you know, you either say you don't want to play here and give up the right. long-term money or you take the money and you play out your contract. Now yeah. the guys are trying to have it both ways. So you, you know. have your have your word mean what you say. Yeah, don't well, be, dis- don't be disingenuous. Too, you know? Yeah, don't be disingenuous from the jump, right? Yeah. If you believe in yourself enough to say, "Hey, you know what? I want to go play wherever I want to play," then don't th- don't take the money. Yeah, take play out your take, restricted free agency yeah, year. Take and- the trade, take the trade, and then and then play for your next contract and make the big money in the place that you want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. And uh the, and as you say that this podcast getting a little long in the tooth. So <laughs> anything you want to pitch? Um, other than the Lego movie too? Yeah, that was disappointing. I'm sorry. I I that's haven't a- seen it. It's okay. I you may not be disappointed but I was. I don't know. I just they 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 captured something great in the first one and this one's just like, meh. <laughs> it suffers from sequelitis. I think so. Yeah. No, that first one was a lot of fun. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we've been reenacting it because uh, my daughter got the Lego uh, movie. They have uh, Xbox yeah. Game Pass has Lego, oh, yeah, sure. Lego game sure. on it. Or the Lego movie Lego game. So we play all the Lego games. So Yeah. I do have one thing. I, I did have a I had a music pitch. Um, I want to pitch uh, the new Beirut album, Gallipoli. Oh, nice. Oh, well, I'm a big Beirut fan. So, have you listened to it yet? I have not. It's. So. I think it's it's my favorite of theirs so far. Oh, really? Because okay, I'll have to check it out because I I really like like their albums. So yeah, and then it's called, I did Gallipoli. I just bought my Vampire Weekend tickets for June. So, nice. Um, Where are they at? Are they coming to Blossom or uh, Nautica? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. You should fly in. I'll take you. <laughs> Wait, when in June? Uh, June. Oh, I don't know. Let me find out. If you don't mind sitting in the cheap seats, I never do. Never mind or never do sit there. No, I never do mind. I <laughs> I don't care where I sit. Where are we at? So I don't know when that cut off, but I was bitching about Ticket Bastard, and EG was saying he was a secondary ticket market aficionado, and so that that was the end. EG, what was your pitch? Oh, uh, Beirut. Beirut, new Beirut album. So Beirut go check it out. Called Gallipoli, like Gallipoli. the city in okay. uh, yep. yep, yeah, Italy or and, not Italy, Greece. And as maybe. always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. And we're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.